So we're just going to ask a handful of questions uh, to the deacons and give them a chance uh, to respond. Uh, deacons, we're not expecting you guys to go, you know, 15 minutes on each question or even everyone to answer every question. We don't know how long this will take. Uh, it'll definitely still be shorter than a Ronnie sermon, so at least we've got that going for us. I'm just going to keep dinging him as long as he's back there. Uh, you know, he's done it for so many years, and it was finally our turn. Uh, so I'm just glad to be here. Um, so, yeah. I'm going to ask this first question here. When you reflect on the direction of our church um, over the last, the course of the last year, year and a half, what stands out to you? Because I think we've got a lot of, of new folks that are coming to church, uh, a lot of people that, that have not been a part of the church for, you know, two, five, ten years. Uh, just kind of thinking about uh, that, what, what sticks out to you guys? And if you need the mic, just ask and we'll hand it to you. Hey, good morning, everybody. Um, yeah, introduce yourself. Yeah, my name's Strotter Patton. I've been a member here for about 20 years, so nice to see you. Ten years in Dallas and, and seven years in Colorado, but still been a member, if yeah. anything. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah sure. um, if, if, I, if I had to say in the last year, definitely it, it's transition. You know, Ronnie Worsham is transitioning to another executive role. You've had um, our elders, uh, Jack, John, and Danny, uh, they're they're passing the baton, so you're, you're seeing a, a little bit of a change here, which is good. You have new faces in leadership. You have church being done differently, as far as uh, new ideas, uh, you know, just different things being shaken up. And we're just basically re- rethinking church. You know, you got all of us here that are, that are new and. And, and learning the ropes. And, and I think that's a good thing. You're not for the sake of change happening, but it's just continuing to progress. And you're seeing a, a lot more uh, congregational activity. You have the, the women's ministry. There's a women's ministry event every other week. You have the, the men's. And that's good. And then you have the men's, you know, all these events here. You got the marriage conference. You have um, the all-inclusive church conference new small groups and uh, different leaders. So you're just seeing a, a, a different vibe and, and energy in the church body. Um, if I had to say where, where we're going, I think that the vision is still being flushed out, but I think that's the way God works with us is that he never really shows us uh, clarity. We just continue to participate in the journey. So if, if anything, things are still evolving uh, we still have our, our core DNA in our church as far as loving each other, but but things are continuing to change, and, and I think that's a good thing, if anything. Good morning. Uh, I'm Buddy Hamilton. I've been going to the church for, I don't know, 12-plus years, I think. Um, I think Strader copied my notes because uh, he pretty much said the exact same thing that I was going to say. Um, for me, it's change um, with elders, deacons. Uh, kids and young adults moving into the next stage of their life. Um, if I could add anything to it, um, I would just say that in our small group, we are going through Ecclesiastes. And in Ecclesiastes chapter 3, it says, For everything there is a season and a time for every matter under heaven. Um, a time to plant, a time to uproot, a time to tear down, a time to build. Um, point being is that, like Strader said, we've just had a lot of changes. Um I, but I think as a church, we've done a great job um, of going through those changes, um, and I think we'll continue to do so as long as we have God as the ultimate authority 
uh, in those changes. Um, so yeah, that's all I got. I'll just add one more thing. Uh, my name is Mark Mullings. I've been going to this church for 25-ish years. Um, I think uh, while I definitely agree with what uh, these two guys have said, um, a lot of baton passing going on this last year, but um, and there has been a lot of change. But I also see a tremendous amount of consistency in our vision and our future uh, continuing along the same path, which is very comforting to know that it's not just shaking things up to shake things up. There was not anything that needed to be shaken up uh, in a lot of ways. We had tremendous, tremendous leadership for, you know, 25 years, and we continue, we will continue to have good leadership. I think the thing that is so comforting to me is just knowing how much I trust these guys who the baton was being passed off to, is being passed off to, has been passed off to, um, that their hearts were, you know, shaped by the men who, you know, helped start this church to begin with, you know, mostly speaking of Ronnie. So, um, yeah, just the continual same pathness is also um, something that I've noticed that has, has been very comforting to me that, you know, we still have the same visions and still have the same thought processes that we've been having. It's just maybe sometimes we might say it slightly differently, but it's still the same thing that, that Ronnie's been talking to us about for, for a long time. So, Yeah, I, I agree with all that as well. My name is Andrew Lanchani. I've been going here since 97, which is about 25 years plus. So, yeah, one thing to add is there's nothing stagnant about our church right now. So it, I don't think it ever really has been stagnant, but right now I, just, I feel just a real positive vibe. Every week I see new people here that I don't recognize. Yeah. So, I mean, that's a, that's a great thing. So, I mean, I know we're having babies, which is great. So they're stuck here. But there's people who are willingly coming here as well and, <laughs> and, and staying for more than one week, which is awesome. So, yeah. Me, I guess. Um, I'm not good off-the-cuff guy, so you're going to have to bear with me fumbling through my notes a little bit. Um, when I think about the direction, can you hear me? Yeah. When I think about the direction of our church over the last year, I think about um, opportunity and renewal, um, opportunity for new people, opportunity for new ideas, um, and opportunity for new dreams. I mean, I think, I think the new people um, stepping into new, new roles is the most obvious of those. But, you know, we've had our, an expression in this church for a long time um, that the best ideas are still out there. Um, and I don't know if that's true, but I think it's a really good way to think and to go about our business. Um, and another expression we had is make a new mistake, you know. And um, I don't know if God cares as much about our failures in our own eyes or in the eyes of others, but, but he want, what he wants from us is devotion, yeah. you know. And I, I've shared this with my small group before, but um, not too long ago I was, like, walking and praying at lunch during work, and I was praying about, you know, what do you want from me, God? What, what direction do you want my life to take? What do you want me to do for you? Um, and that's something I had prayed, you know, a good part of my life um, over and over. And I don't know that I ever felt a, 
a solid answer to that. And, and in that one particular time, um, the answer came back that I would rather see, I would rather see what you come up with was the answer I got. And I was like, wow. Um, okay. That's even harder now. Um, but I think what, what God wants to see out of us is, is expressions of our love for him with this, with the things that stream from our own hearts. Um, so that's what, that's all about the whole new ideas and then new dreams is, you know, remembering our dream from 25 to 30 years ago, but then dream big again, you know, each, each generation has to, um, you know, to build something that perpetuates each generation is going to have to buy in and take ownership of that, of that dream. So anyway, that's what I have. Yeah. And before we move on to this next question, I just, you know, to, I think it can be a little bit vague for those of you that don't know the transitions that we're talking about, just to make sure that we're on the same page. You know, Ronnie started this church, uh, and it was, you know, Ronnie, and obviously the, 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 the Walnut Village Church certainly helped with John Mack and Danny Welch and their families and, and so many people, uh, you know, but, you know, Ronnie after, you know, I, I think it's been around, what, 20, 27 years, Ronnie, here at the church? I don't remember how long, when did the warehouse church start? I was in the sixth grade is all I remember. Uh, 26 years this fall. Yeah, I was 12. Um, and, uh, you know, I've been a part of the church since then, you know, uh, Ronnie, unlike many, I think, uh, pastors did not begrudgingly hand over the baton. He planned it out and had, 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 had always thought that that was going to be the case. He wanted to build from the ground up. And when you build from the ground up, if you stay on that ground level, it's not going to go up. Right. And so I think so much of, of what we're talking about with transition, it can look different. Churches fall apart oftentimes whenever their established senior pastor steps out of leadership. And furthermore, a lot of times it's common knowledge that that pastor can't stay a part of the church, even if they do somehow move on. That's so weird to me and also so foreign to us as a, as a church. Of course, Ronnie's going to be around. Of course, he's still uh, working to, to influence our leaders, us, and, and so many others in our family of churches. Uh, but yeah, Ronnie willingly handed over leadership and, and, and the, the elders willingly hand over leadership um, to, to the, the men here, uh, to Kale. And, and Kale would be up here too, were it not for the things that, that he's, he's going through right now with the twins, just to make sure that we're on the same page. Kale and Aaron and I, you know, lead together as, a, as, 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 as equals and as friends too, um, which is such a cool connected, connective point too, because people I don't think realize that Aaron grew up down the street from me. I've known Aaron since I was in grade school. We played golf together and hit people's houses with golf balls <laughs> on the green belt next to our house. And Kale and I ran around together whenever I was in middle school and high school as well, playing street hockey out in front of his house. This is the the 90s when it, street hockey was really cool. Rollerblades were super cool. By the way, they still are. Let's bring them back. Um, so if we can do that, that'd be great. Uh, cause I'm going to be good on them. Uh, actually not. Um, so yeah, it's just like to see what we're doing here is crazy. 
when I've explained it to people outside of our community that we just transitioned from our senior pastor to these other three guys who grew up in the church and who lead together to do this, they're like, and, and how, like what, what's happening? Like, did something happen? Like, did something bad go down? Like, nope, nope. It was just a planned transition thing. Like, that's really neat. So we, we do have these opportunities, but we're also still a church in that, you know, transition. And, and like the deacon said, we're also really excited about that transition too. So yeah, wanted to, to, to bring it back down a little bit more to the, the next question with communal excellence now. Yeah, let's dive in. Um, so communal excellence is one of the three values we've been hitting up all year. And so the next question is, is pretty simple. Um, but we'd like the deacons to define that value. And so this was, will be helpful for all of you. It's also a little quiz to, to see if, if they've got it right. But communal excellence, um, it, it, it sounds good. Uh, but what are we talking about, guys? I don't want Strada to steal my thunder this time. So, um, well, for me, communal excellence is about being together, not just in church, but outside of church, um, sharing each other's lives with each other. Um, small groups and one-on-ones are a part of that. Um, but also knowing each other's burdens and praying for one another. Um, and not just knowing them, but helping with these burdens. Um, and that also includes sharing our burdens with each other. I know for me that that can be pretty hard to open up and to share. Cause I don't either, I either like to keep some things private or I just don't want to dump on people, but that that's a part of community is listening and giving, uh, in those burdens. Um, and I, I had to, I looked at a lot of different scriptures and I, I like to at least say at least one scripture, um, in these meanings. And in Romans 12, it says, so in Christ, though many form one body and each member belongs to the others. And part of that belonging includes um, all that I just said, but also encouraging one another, um, congratulating each other, um, and even taking time out to show up to events. Like you're mentioning uh, Kendall's part in that play, you know, showing up to that, just showing her that you know, you support her or a little kid's baseball team, just showing up and being there means a lot to people. Um, But another hard part is also correcting each other and uh, instructing each other, whether it be from the elders to to the younger generation. Um, And I think that needs to be done carefully and and out of love. So um, there, you didn't steal my thunder. That's what I have to say about communal excellence. I just wanted to add to it. It's more than just a a corporate tagline that you see on PowerPoint every every Sunday that everybody tries to remember regularly. Hopefully, you all get it. We've been doing this for the last like two months or so, but it really is how we show up as a church body collectively. It's us as a body of believers and just really showing Jesus Christ visibly in in our lives. You know, our, our encouragement, our, our humility, our accountability, our, our unity, these, these are just things that really are, are important. It's, it's the congregational impact that we make mm-hmm. on each other, in, in Garland, in, in Texas, 
even international with the ministries that we have. And to me, when I think of excellence, it, it it's, it's not status quo. It's always challenging ourselves. It's always being accountable to raise the standard. And it's not perfection. Perfection is doing everything right. And communal excellence to me is getting things wrong sometime and learning the lesson and continuing to embrace embrace that. So it it's it's a it's a mindset. It it's a intentional behavior from us. It's just us reflecting Jesus to everybody. And then the outcomes from it, it's just the strength of our relationships. It's our fellowship, our service, how we do praise and worship. It's our marriages. It's our spiritual well-being. I mean, that it's, it's just how we show up with each other. Yeah, I was going to add also, I think the excellence part of it is maximizing the number of people who are involved, who are doing this. So it's not just whatever, the leaders. It's not just a few people. It's everyone. Yeah. So the closer we can get to everyone being involved in something, some community effort, um, the better we're off, the better we are as a church. I'll go. Um, I kind of approached it as a, as like a series of questions. Um, and, in, and starting with like, how would you define excellence in any other area, you know, of any other arena of life? Um, am I looking for ways to serve, asking how much I can do, not what's the minimum I have to do? Um, do I take initiative um, as opposed to having to be prodded to do something? Um, do I put others' interests above my own? Am I present? Do I spend the amount of time with my community that reflects excellence in my affection for it? Am I an encouragement to the community and its members, or am I full of criticism and divisiveness? Mm-hmm. Um, Am I selfish or am I pouring into the others around me to help make them the best they can be? Yeah, that's really good. Um, I don't have a lot to add. I just think the things that come to my mind are um, just really boiling it down to being as much like Jesus as we can be and just loving people, just loving people is being excellent in your community. And that sounds super easy to say, but it doesn't, it's not always super easy. We might get into some of the whys a little bit later, but you know, our human nature is, is anti people a lot of times. Um, And it's just like a lot of other things that we do. We have to almost learn to understand the value and how relating to people makes you feel, how it makes them feel, and the value and the and what God's trying to get us to do by loving people. And so I just think it takes a lot of of thought. Um, it takes a lot of forethought. It takes um, a lot of uh, really discipline to sometimes, in a practical way, just get up and go to a place where you're going to be with God's people and now give yourself to those people and then also receive from those people God's love. And the blessings are beyond measure, but it, it isn't something that just naturally happens. And I think that's something that I've learned through the years 
it's something that I need to to work on and develop and become better at. Um, so I, I guess I'm just kind of adding some thoughts like that. Oh, that's great. When you talk about loving one another, it's it's just the very basics in John 13, 34, and 35. So that's where Jesus told us to love one another. And he said, by this, everyone will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. Like this is part of his grand mission to show the world and and even spiritual forces his manifold wisdom. It's through the church. That's from Ephesians 3. And so communal excellence, it is uh, something that can only be achieved together. Uh, We'll say sometimes, you know, there are no Lone Ranger Christians. And not as an absolute statement, but as the way he intended and made us is for community. And we simply can't follow Jesus's commands um, all the way on our own because so many of them teach us how to treat each other and how to treat the world around us, how to carry his mission forward, to make more disciples, to teach them to obey. You know, this is uh, the crux of his mission coming together in a body that uh, somehow is him and is our church at the same time. Like we are the body of Christ. And so um, it's like simple on the surface and just miles deep in a way that we'll never quite understand. And so we, you know, as individuals can bear the name of Christ, but it's collectively that we are the body of Christ and that we can take that out to the world around us. So, um, yeah, take us to the next. Yeah. And just to kind of add to that real quickly, I, I think communal excellence really is about us taking ownership. Like that, the question of do, do you take ownership of what happens in our body at, on a Sunday morning level, at a small group level, at the one-on-one level, how much do you take ownership for that. Do you know what I mean? So that whenever you see something on a Sunday morning that's not good or not right or whatever, it's like, do you do something about it? Or do you hope something will be done about it? Do you know, because historically people leave churches when things, when they, when things uh, are about the church that they don't like, but we want to be a church that tries to do something about the things that need to change, the things that don't reflect Christ, the things that uh, that we could do better, the things that we might be able to grow in. When you show up to church on Sunday morning, do you look for ways to encourage the people around you? Because I know for me, I oftentimes come to church not thinking about that, not thinking to myself, like, you know what I should do? I should say something encouraging. I have a lot of encouraging thoughts about people in our church. Do you guys have the same thing as I like? Do you think good things about people in our church typically? Now, how often, what percentage do they come out of your mouth and into that person's ears? Do you know what I mean? Like we're supposed to encourage one another and build one another up in that way. What about in small group? You know, A, are you even consistent? B, whenever you are consistent, do you consistently show up to be vulnerable, to share truth with people, to actually engage in the conversation, or do you just kind of stay quiet? It's when we sing together. Do you sing out loud? Do you use your voice to worship God, or do you just kind of murmur, or worse, just stare uh, and, and onto the screen because you don't like singing. You know, that's the kind of questions that we want to ask ourselves about communal excellence. We want to be a church that when someone shows up to our church, whether it's through a small group, a one-on-one, or on Sunday morning, that they see that we are a people who care, that we love God, that we love one another, and that we 
that we actually, we, we want to uh, pursue Christ in very meaningful ways. And I'll encourage you guys in that because I think it, by and large, people do see that. You know, I was talking to one of our visitors a couple of weeks ago and, and he was talking about, man, he's like, I showed up and so many people introduced themselves, our names, even got our number and, you know, that kind of stuff. We need to do that and then multiply it by 10 and keep going and going and going. And to be, for that to be the fact that that's a fact of everyone that comes to our church. A fact is that everyone's involved in small groups. A fact is that you are pursuing one-on-one deep relationships with people around you, that those are facts for everyone, which I think is what Andrew's talking about, not just for a core group of people in our church, if that makes sense. So kind of speaking more uh, practically here, just what do you think it looks like on a week-in and week-out basis more and more for us to engage in this, uh, this communal excellence? Kind of give us some thoughts and ideas. You guys all lead small groups. You guys all have one-on-ones. Like you, you know, you kind of know that. What do you think it looks like uh, practically for, for our church so that people that are thinking, I want to be more involved in this, what, like, what can that look like for them? Well, I think that what you started off saying is, is right on. So, I mean, we have a lot of opportunities to do things within the church body collectively that are kind of scheduled weekly. Um, one of them is, you know, to attend a small group. And I think that that one is, is huge. Um, I think the, the opportunity to go and get with brothers, uh, or it could be brothers and sisters, or, um, of course, just sisters. Um, but yeah, that is, is something again that that I find uh, in my human nature. Sometimes I don't I don't want to go. <laughs> I don't want to go. You know, it's like I don't know why I don't want to go. But I'm like had a hard day at work, and it's like I'm leading the group, and I don't want to go. So it's like, what? Why? Why is that in my? It's too real. Why is that in my nature? <laughs> you know. Um, but it's something that that I feel like we have to fight, guys. We have to fight that part of our human nature. We have to to just lean in towards understanding that being with our brothers and sisters, loving on people and receiving that love back is just going to bless us tremendously. And it's also going to bless the people in that group tremendously. What's said there, what you study there, those things are, they have value, of course, but it's just being together. It's, it's, it's trying to build family, trying to build brotherhood, trying to build life with a person that when they have struggles, you know, hopefully they'll call you and hopefully y'all can work on something together with them. When I have struggles, hopefully I'm not going to go through them alone. And it's really sad to see that in life that, that a lot of people have to do that. And, and I know I've heard it said a hundred times. I don't understand how somebody could go through that on their own. Well, praise God, we don't have to do that. We don't have to be those people, and I feel sorry for those people, and that's why we should feel like we want to invite those people into this type of a family. You don't want that for people. And so to me, that's just practical. So start start with the things that are offered. If, it, if the church doors are open, you should want to go, but even if you don't quite want to go, you should go, okay? And it's not because somebody's taking attendance is going to get on to you. It's just something that's going to build you up as a person and as a Christian. Yeah, that's really good, Mark. Um, that's one thing that you can find in our small group and um, the other groups that I've been in, and I'm sure the groups that you guys have been in, is um, you do find love. You do find support. You do find encouragement. Um, and 
you also, or at least for me, I, I go to group with a lot of very intelligent guys. So I, I get instruction, not just in life, but Bible verses. Um, I get a lot of wisdom. Um, but I think there's also an opportunity for you to give that as well. You really never know what you can give until you give. And so it's like, Oh, you know, that's, that makes, that's a good point. And you make a little, you know, crease in their brain that they remember. Um, so you're not only receiving, but you're giving that as well. Um, I think for, uh, for, for the church, um, we do have uh, a lot of small groups that are spread out geographically. So there's, I think a lot of opportunity for people to be in a small group, whether North of here, South of here. Um, and as far as what our group does, there's just a range of topics that we go through. Um, we have, uh, I mean, we always start off with organic conversation, just letting things flow. We don't have a specific agenda, at least in the beginning. So it, it allows people to loosen up and get to know each other. Um, but we have, along with that, we may have some random, and I mean really random thoughts um, that people come up with, sometimes just weird thoughts. Um, but we, we have an opportunity to comment on that. We sometimes poke each other, other in the ribs, um, just like For these example, two guys buddy. do. Yeah. Uh, I, was, I told that my wife last night I want to look at Andrew when I say that because <laughs> I love poking him in the ribs. Um, and these two guys right here poke each other really hard in the ribs. It's funny to hear that. Um, <laughs> but it also provides us the opportunity to share some of those things in life that are issues to us in life. Um, it's kind of hard to, you know, I, I can't get up here in front of all you guys and start sharing my deepest secrets. It's just, I, I would feel embarrassed. Plus I'm shy about it and it just doesn't seem right. But one-on-one and with a small group of people, it's a lot easier to do that. So sharing that um, and getting feedback from that, and you really grow with each other when you do that, you get to know each other personally, especially one-on-ones is you can really open up. Um, so if you're not in a one-on-one with someone, I highly encourage that. Um, but a couple other things that we do in our group, we do study scripture. Um, we can do watch videos. I know the chosen was a really popular string of videos that some groups have, have done. Um, we've read books and talked about books. There's the Wearsby study study guides. Ronnie has written some books that we've gone over, um, life guide, Bible study books, um, and Mike G. Kelly has even headed up getting us uh, into serving community service with Feed My Starving Children, which that's been that's been a blessing to go to. And we even have uh, cookouts so we feed ourselves and, you know, have game nights. And um, so there's just a, a range of things that we can do. And sometimes it's a combination of that. Um, so I would just, yeah, encourage if you don't, if you're not in a small group, definitely get into one. Yeah, we yeah we have these a lot of these structured things like you're, like Buddy's talking about, but I think it's cool. These, some of these organic things that are just like I feel like it's kind of spontaneous. Like there's this pickleball thing we're doing on Friday nights now that that Paul Young started up. It's like, hey, pickle, who likes pickleball? Okay, yeah, don't all go though. You won't be able to play. Yeah, but but so anyway, Paul's like, why he mention this to everybody? But no, it's the cool just things like that. Like, hey, a lot of people like pickleball. Let's hang out and do pickleball. So who shows up? Like. I was saying focus, and man, he's like, it's not just focus. It's a lot of other people. These aren't focus. There's next people. There's friends of focus, people who graduate from focus. There's people who are friends of people who aren't in focus, right? They're just showing up, um, and it's really fun. So it's, it's no set agenda. We're not handing out scriptures or, you know, um, come to Jesus cards or something like that. We're just hanging out and just and playing pickleball and having a good time. What's that? What? Oh. You laugh at these jokes. 
Yeah, thanks. Yeah. So, yeah, it's like and some of these guys are playing golf. I, I, I want to I hang out with these guys. I don't like golf. So that's okay. It's not for me. I can't, do every, I can't be good at everything, right? So Obviously. Yeah. But there's so many. So if there's something that you're like, I like doing this. I like playing chess. I like playing a guitar. Or I like watching football or whatever it is. Like, just invite people to do that. Don't just do this solo, right? So have fun. Bring people in. And it, it actually will get a lot bigger than you probably think it could. So in a, in a good way. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you've got to build your life around um, the mission. And sometimes it can be pretty daunting to hear just a simple thing like go to a small group, depending on, you know, where you're at, what your schedule is like, what's happening in your life. And so certainly, you know, these values start to work together. Ideally, it's the passionate devotion that's driving you and the purposeful, intentional living that helps uh, heat it up and all of that that can lead to the desire to be together. But you need space in your weekly life to be with people and to accomplish these things. And so we talk about a one-on-one. I've talked to several of you, and I know that can be very difficult. Like you, you got to commute, you got a job, you got to commute again, and how much of the day is left? Mm-hmm. And so sometimes, you know, and Together with people, you need to think and purpose around how to build your life in a way that can accomplish the things that that Jesus wants you to accomplish. And so, you know, young people, you know, start now and, and you can create something that certainly can be smooth into the later years. You know, some of the older people, certainly it can be difficult sometimes to make drastic changes, but in no way ever impossible. Uh, especially when we're doing this together. So so I'd really encourage you to look practically at, you know, just time slots in your days. And can you grab lunch with people? Can you get a breakfast before work? You know, all the, the various hangout opportunities for sure. But your coworkers, you know, how can you bring new people into the blessing that we have here in Christ? And so it takes... Uh, some intentionality and some purpose and ideally spirit-led devotion, but you need to carve this into uh, your life in a way that you can make it happen. I, I just want to say sure. a couple things. You know, great example about meeting people. Um, there's an informality part to think about, you know, hey, how can you meet new people and what can you do to organically grow that? But then there's also that that deeper relationship part. And, and I think once you get to know somebody, um, then, hey, how can we um, continue to strengthen each other around our spiritual journey? You know, there's that phrase, iron sharpens iron. Yeah. And, you know, absolutely, you know, if I'm playing golf with one of these guys, absolutely there's a, hey, how's your family? How's your spiritual life? To know, hey, where can we fit in. So use that as a way to, you know, just hold yourself accountable and challenge yourself as far as, Hey, we're here to be in our lives. I think too, it's, it's investment. If anything, I think this church does a really good job to invest our time. Um, you know, I, am on a text string of people for prayers. I think everybody does a great job on social media as far as things that people need. Um, you know, also service acts as well. You know, we talk about getting together, having lunch and, and having fellowship, but then it's all also about our giving 
in the, in the time we put in as far as serving the body needs. So just some other ads as far as communal excellence. That's great. So as we head into wrapping up here, uh, we wanted to give you all each an opportunity. Um, you know, I guess pretty quickly here at the end, but uh, for a specific encouragement for our body um, related to this topic, you know, how, how can we as a church get better? What encouragements would you have for us? Um, I guess I'll go. Um, okay. I would just encourage everybody to, um, to really plug in and, and like they've used the term, you know, take ownership. That's a big deal. And get involved, you know, to whatever, <clears throat> to the greatest degree possible. Um, I know that my personal experience has been that, you know, the, the more of you that I've gotten to really know, um, I've just been blown away by the, the quality of solid, just really solid people that God has brought together here. And, and when I say solid people, I mean, I'm talking about character, honor, eagerness to do what is right and best and noble generous, sacrificial, lovers of God and not themselves. I mean, there there's some amazing people uh, in this community. And, uh, you know, my good buddy, Danny Joe Welch, would say, this is a really cool place to be. <laughs> and, and I just don't want you to, to miss the opportunity to make the most of what God has given you here. Yeah, I, I echo that too. I, I really love how this church loves people. And I think we have a, a vibrant community. I just look at this really beautiful, um, impressive church body, and we, we all have a, a role that we could play in the church, you know, by all means. And we just have something special here. Um, you know, we say that we don't do normal, we're, we're non traditional, we uh, don't do typical church here. And and I think that's great. I, I think sometimes we just have to not get in our heads about that. And there's always opportunity to, to challenge yourself. Um, there's, there's always opportunity to um, repurpose ourselves. You know, volunteer, lead. Some of us are really great servers, but then some of us aren't great delegators. And so if you see somebody in a church body that hasn't been involved, you know, continue to mentor them to get them involved. And maybe also, if you're thinking about getting involved, maybe you need to be vulnerable and just take a risk and and do something. So it's just having the courage to encourage somebody else or having the courage to to throw you yourself out there. I think get to get know good people, get to know new people. Um get to know me. I'm not a great extrovert, but I'm always willing um, to have a dialogue with you. Get to know us if you want to spend time with us. Um, serve in the body, invest your time. As mentioned, we have we all have an opportunity to have a role in this body, and we need it. 
we absolutely need it. I think someone, Gary, you said taking ownership or one of you guys did. So, yeah, it's just taking ownership. I mean, all the stuff that we're saying, I mean, it's all the stuff I, I continue to challenge myself because I'm not doing a great job in most areas, to be honest with you. Um, but I just think that, you know, there's when new guests come, let's not assume that they've already been invited to a small group. They've been, have they been invited to, to lunch? Have they met anyone? So sometimes you might be the first person to meet them. So never assume that, oh, someone else will take care of that person. I'm sure someone else has, not me. I mean, lowly me, it's like they're not going to, no, it's like you, everyone here has an opportunity to be able to befriend others. Um, and, and that can make the difference. Why do people come here? I hear so often they come, unfortunately, not because of your great sermons. You guys great sermons and praise and worship. Maybe some do, but ultimately it's, it's relationships, right? They come for relationships they feel cared about. There's so many people who, I mean, I went to a job that I worked really hard for a long time, and I don't know that anyone really cared about me at the end of the day. And, and you come here, and it's, there's, there's no doubt it's going to happen. And so if, if, it's, if, it's, if guests don't feel that way, then shame on us. So, you know, it's like I think that's the challenge to myself and, and I think everyone to just, I think a lot of it do what we're already doing and just continue to keep that up. Yeah, yeah that's good. I, I think you hit it right on. Is, um, it's about relationships. And I think for me there's two things that I would encourage is in order to get into those relationships, I would encourage you to get in a small group or find a one-on-one or both if you can. Um, I think that's where um, you can uh, – well, I think it's it's hard when you have a routine in life. And when you deviate from that routine, sometimes it can be very uncomfortable. So I would just encourage you to make being in a group and in one-on-ones a part of that routine. Find time in your life to put that in there. Um, you know, in Matthew 18, it says for where two or three gather in my name, there am I with them. Um you know, in my, in my experience in, in life, it's life is just tough if you're going to do it by yourself, if not impossible. Um, but I think being around people, um, it makes it a lot easier. You'll Like I was saying earlier, you find that love, you find that encouragement. Um, and you're, it's kind of like you're part of a team. Um, and when you're a team, I think your life and you as a group, it's, it's much um, – you're much stronger that way. So I say, you know um, – put it in your routine and be in a team. My encouragement sounds kind of negative, but my encouragement is to tell you guys to not become spoiled. Um, this, this thing that we have here is, is so beautiful. This church body, you young people, you... You, it's so easy for us to become spoiled and, and, and to not realize what we have and to become molly grubbers and complainers and and think that, oh, we have it tough. And we do have it tough. Life is tough. But but just don't become spoiled, guys. I, I have I'm not the oldest by any means, but I have enough years to be able to look backwards and to see. This is a place you want to raise your family. I promise you that. This is a place you want to spend your young years. I promise you that. This is a place you would want to grow old. I promise you that. It's so just don't become numb to it. Don't become spoiled to it. Let's let's all just continue to love up on each other and and to just count our blessings and then to give back. So we've got to look and seek for other people that we can go offer this to. And because it's it's tremendous. Um, We get asked. 
you know, occasionally, you know, how do you, how do you raise your family and have, you know, kids that come out on the other side and they, they want to be in ministry and they want to, you know, continue to be around you and go to church. And I'm just telling you the secrets right here. It's in, it's in community. It's in, uh, people being able to model for your children. That's not, that's not you. So that's what you have here. Hundreds, like, like you're saying, the quality of character here is, it's just something that's easy for us to just be spoiled to become a little numb to because we just have it. It's like Americans in general, we just have it. So, you know, we're used to it, but this is special guys. This is special. So just remember that. It's good. Um, I'll say a prayer for us, but one of the things I just want to finish us with is just we've talked about community a lot. Um, talked about, you know, the things that God has certainly blessed us with here. And I just want to finish with this. It's a quote actually from a book that I don't remember. Maybe Brandon can tell us which book it is, but uh, the quote goes, if you aim for community, you'll often miss the mission. But if you aim for a mission, you'll almost always get community. And I think that's kind of in line with what it is that Mark is saying here is that we need to be a church that while we also focus on one another, that we still are focused on the world. We don't want to create a holy huddle here. And communal excellence is about us all buying into the mission of being kingdom bringers, uh, not just here on Sundays, but in our lives outside of this as well. I'm going to say a prayer for us, and then we'll wrap up from there. God, you're so good. We, uh, we thank you so much for just the blessing that you've given us in community, Father. But just as you blessed the nation of Israel to be a light to the nations, I pray, Father, that you would make our church a light to Garland, uh, a light to DFW, Father. And I pray that you would help us together to internalize that mission, Father, that mission of bringing your kingdom uh, to a broken and hurting world. And I pray that as we do that, we would grow tighter and tighter, that our love would become more real, more tangible, uh, of more solid stuff than it is even now. Uh, and we just, again, we thank you in all these things, Father. We thank you for uh, just the blessing of of loving relationships with new brothers and sisters and a family in Christ. And I pray that you would help us more and more to grow in love and in knowledge and in all the things that, that make up uh, just your Holy Spirit's work here. Uh, we love you. We thank you. And we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You guys have a great Sunday. Go in peace.